Hey, we're glad that you're with us again today, and uh, thanks for tuning in and watching. And then also, um, I'm hoping a lot of you all pray for us too, so we thank you for that. We're going to be handling building relationships today. Uh, one, of the, one of the habits that Jesus had, and he helped create in other people, and we're going to see that today. I'm going to read a passage from Matthew 9, 9 through 10. Uh, let me read that to you. It says, And Jesus went on from there. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he got up and followed him. While he was reclining at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came as guests to eat with Jesus and his disciples. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, I pray that you help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. I pray that uh, you would uh, lead me by your Holy Spirit. Uh, if there's a word of knowledge that you give to me to speak to a person or their situation, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, Lord, you will remind me, uh, as everybody that's listening or watching today, that you see all of us, but you see me differently because I am a teacher of your word. Uh, there is a greater and a more strict judgment on my life, and I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, in his name that I preach. Amen. <clears throat> We're in a phase um, that we call reconnect, reorganize, and rebuild. It's really a plan coming out of the, <clears throat> the pandemic, and I, I know the pandemic is still going on, but uh, we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel. So we're going to reconnect, reorganize, and rebuild. We're in the reconnect phase of this. And today's sermon is going to match right along with where we are as a church. Um, in this passage, Matthew 9, 9 through 10, uh, really get the scenario. Matthew's a tax collector. He's in his booth. <clears throat> where he is located has, is probably an intersection of people and commerce and everything else so he can collect the taxes just be real advantageous for him to be there uh in uh, so he comes up to him and he says follow me in other gospels we get a bigger picture of this passage um he follows the lord he surrenders to the lord and he follows him and he goes to his house matthew goes to his house and uh, he is there and he invites friends he's there with jesus He's there with the disciples. He's there with other tax collectors, and he's there with other sinners. Uh, I, I find it uh, really humorous. It may not be as funny as I see it to be, but it's uh, in the passage of Matthew where he's talking about his own story, by the way, his own, his own life story, that uh, he has uh, got tax collectors in a different category than sinners, and it may be in a worse category. Uh, so I, I find that interesting as you read the text. But here they are, and there's this incredible mix of people there. There are, there are movements that uh, many denominations and parachurch organizations like uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, and they call them crew, and others, they have what's called Matthew parties. And a Matthew party is uh, created to celebrate the salvation of somebody but it's also created to have this beautiful mix of people uh, that they have mature people there in this at the Matthew party. They have people who have just come to Christ at the Matthew party. And then they have people who are absolutely outside the believing world. So there are believers 
There's new believers, there's mature believers, there's unbelievers at the Matthew party. And so that's what they're referred to as. And uh, I wanted to start off and use this as our text today to show you that Jesus is about building relationships with people. And I want to show you uh, there are many, but I'm only going to take three situations today and leave you with a fourth challenge today about how he went about building relationships and what he did. So one of the first things I want you to pay attention to is that Jesus made building relationships a priority. He did that uh, as he discipled the disciples and he taught the disciples to do exactly the same thing. You and I have to take steps toward building relationships. We have to initiate that. We can't run off in a corner over here and, and just live our life off in a corner. We are called to engage in relationships with people. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, we, we've got to take a step toward it, number one. Two, we do this through conversations with people. I know you can tell me that uh, I'm, you're introverted, not extroverted. You're shy and you're timid and, and you're not outgoing and this is just your personality. But I want you to begin to look for these divine appointed conversations that you can have with people. So how do we do it? We do it through, com through conversations and really uh, showing people that we're interested in them, asking good questions, but really listening more than we are speaking it really becomes important to learn how to listen. Where, where do we go about connecting and building relationships? Well, what we teach at our church, and they teach at a lot of other places, is where you live, work, and play. You're, you're already in these three places anyway, and learn to begin these relationships and have these conversations with them. Why? Because I want people to be connected to Christ. And there's a deeper answer to why that I'm gonna give you here in just a few moments, uh, there was a uh, there was a group of people who would who would use door to door communication to present their belief system, and uh, they they just did door to door what we called confrontational. Uh, you you would call code contact. They just have an address and they go knock on the door and they present their belief system, and uh, they started paying attention to their data. And in their data, they found out they had only one conversion for every thousand homes contacted. That's not a good percentage. But what they also found out from their data was that their friendships that they were building with people were producing a conversion rate of 50%. So the, the code door knocking, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm not saying that God can't tell you to go knock on somebody's door. I'm not saying that. But this, this was just their choice of communicating their belief system. Um, wasn't paying off. And when they found out that friendships, creating friendships with people, was producing a conversion rate of 50%, obviously it showed them which way they needed to be able to go. I want to give you a quote from Dale Carnegie. And Dale Carnegie uh, had uh, his techniques of teaching people, especially in the business world, uh, and it comes from a book on that it's entitled How to Win Friends and Influence People. <clears throat> it really is an old read, but it's still about people and it works today in present time. He said, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. Uh, there, there's, you want to know how it happens? Let people know that you are accurately 
and authentically interested in them. And it becomes important for them to be able to see and even listen to what you have to say. Jesus made building, the building of relationships, a priority. Now let's get into that. Second point is that Jesus gives us another chance. Uh, I don't say second chance anymore. I used to say that a lot because uh, he gives us more than a second chance. And I am so thankful to that. I am a product of that. Uh, He gives us many chances or he gives us another chance. I'm going to read to you John 8, 4 through 11. And it is the passage where a woman is caught in the act of adultery. Let me remind you, she's not caught in the rumor about adultery. She's caught in the act of adultery. All right, please get that as you uh, understand this story. Let me read it to you. They said to him, teacher or rabbi, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. Remember, it's not a rumor, it's an act. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman as this. So what do you say? And they posed the question to Jesus. They asked them to trap him in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. Jesus stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. We don't know what he wrote. I've had many people say what they thought he wrote. Some people thought he may have been writing scripture, something from the Old Testament or the Torah or the law. Some people are even more creative. They're like, maybe Jesus was writing the sins of the people who were getting ready to stone her. Uh, We don't know. But whatever he's writing gets their attention. Let me just tell you that, okay? I can tell you that for sure, and I'll show you in a moment. Verse 7. When they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and said to them, The one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he stooped down again, and he continued writing the second time. When they heard this, they left one by one. I don't know if he's writing their names down. I don't know. But uh, it, it caused them to be able to leave, whatever it was that he was writing, starting with the older men. Only he was left with the woman in the center. And when Jesus stood up, he said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Or where are your accusers? And she says, No one, Lord, she answered. And he goes, Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. But hang on. Uh, there's, you're going, Man, he just gave her a free release, a free ride. Yeah, he did forgive her, but hang on. He says, Go, and from now on, don't do this again or in the passage that we're using today, it says, do not sin anymore. Um, He gave her another chance. Uh, Jesus is about relationships. He makes relationships a priority, but he he wants to give us another chance, just like he did this woman. Uh, A man, a pastor by the name of Ron Parrish at at Hope Chapel in Austin, Texas, even where our daughter lives, he's not the pastor there now, But uh, as far as I know, he's not. But he made a quote in one of his sermons there. He says, Jesus had a sinner-friendly attitude. I want to go back to the Matthew party that uh, you and I may just want to gather believers. But guys, listen, I I think you need to have a good mix as you build relationships with believers and with unbelievers. You must have a good mix and you must have a wise mix of this, the wisdom needs to come into the into play here. 
but the picture of it is that uh, I, I do want to have a center, I didn't say a center liking or agreeing attitude. I said a center friendly attitude as given to us in a quote by Ron Parrish. When our Savior knows that he can take anyone and save them, and then through the Father, they become his sons and his daughters, I want to be a part of that. Why am I a part of the ministry? Is it to grow a church campus or to grow uh, a seating capacity? No, that's not my, that's personally not my desire. My desire is to see God at work in people, build relationships with people and watch the Holy Spirit quicken or make alive their very life. I said, I want to be a part of that. And he's asking you to be a part of that and he can let you, he lets you be a part of that. And just remember, not only are building relationships a priority, but he, he also is a God who gives us another chance. He gives it to you and make sure that we bestow that message to other people, that that can happen to them too. Third, Jesus built relationships into his death. I gotta tell you, I'm excited about point number one and point number two, but point number three is a beautiful picture for me. And it's a beautiful example of Jesus. Uh, when we see this beautiful example of Jesus, we, we get to know and we get to understand uh, who he is and what he does and he carries it all the way through. Uh, I want you to look at Luke 23, 42 through 43. He even continues building relationships until his death. So building relationships is a priority. Please understand that as we build relationships, we are giving the message that uh, God gives people another chance. And then he even keeps giving this chance and building relationships even into his death. Look at Luke 23, 42 through 43. Then he said, the thief on the cross is saying this. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Do you see that beautiful encounter? Even on the cross, he is still building relationships and he is still giving people a second chance. Man, that's why we named our church Hope Church. You know, because he is a God of another chance. I did say second chance, didn't I? I'm sorry about that. But a God of another chance because he gives you more than two. Uh, but he, he gave this thief on the cross another chance. And man, I'm preaching here today to let you know that. I mean, that's uh, even to the end at the cross, his death, he's still seeking and saving people. That's what saviors do. Saviors aren't, we don't have a savior to avoid us. Uh, we don't have a, a, a savior to condemn us. He doesn't condemn us. He says, we who, uh, who don't believe are already, are already condemned, but he came to save us. That's what saviors do, is they seek and save people and they give you the opportunity. So we, building these relationships are imperative and they're needed and they're urgent. And we see the picture that Jesus made building relationships a priority that Jesus gives us and other people another chance and that he was building relationships unto his death. <clears throat> why? Why is this important? Do you remember I asked you earlier, why? Why do we want to build relationships? <clears throat> I told you I was going to give you a deeper answer later. I'm there now. <clears throat> we want to connect people to Christ. Yes, absolutely. 
all the way across the board. But I want you to look at Ecclesiastes 3.11. <clears throat> Let me read it to you, and there's some things in here I need to explain. Ecclesiastes is a, a book of questions and uh, also a book of trying to understand time, trying to understand purpose, being here, trying to figure it all out, which we're, we do that. Let me read this passage to you. He has uh, made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts. Key, key line there. But man cannot discover the work God has done from beginning to end. So we've got three things there. He has made everything beautiful or appropriate in its time. Um, I'm going I'm to say this, and uh, Tyra's going to amen because we've, we've been saying this for a long time, but uh, this is part of her saying. I'll give her props for this, but we serve an on-time God. Amen. I knew that was going to happen. I didn't make her do that. We've just had Amen. this. We just had this discussion a lot. Uh, he has made everything appropriate in its time, beautiful in its time. Second part, he has put eternity in our hearts. Why? Why do we want to build these relationships? Do I connect people to Christ? Absolutely. But that, that that can sound so trite sometimes. But God has got every person on this planet thinking about eternity. I don't care where they live, because it says He has put eternity in their hearts. Uh, I, I believe when you talk about eternity and eternal life, I believe you cause people's ears to be in tune. Why? Because God has put that there. There's an interest in eternity, uh, and I think the enemy deceives a lot of people's concept and ideas of eternity. Uh, there's no doubt that he does that. He wants, to, he wants to quench that understanding of eternity, or he wants to make it deceptive and what what eternity actually really is. But he has put eternity in their hearts. Why do I do this? I want to connect you to Christ, absolutely. But I know you've got questions about eternity. And those questions are answered in the sacrifice in the person of Jesus himself. No doubt about that. And that becomes true. But then he says, but man cannot discover the work God has done from beginning to end. That sounds kind of big question marks there. What, what does that mean? Well, Paul says it this way in the New Testament. He says, uh, right now we know in part. He says, it's like looking through lens that are, uh, that are uh, darkened or blurred. I, I shoot sporting clays and I shoot tournaments. And uh, I, I, I'm right eye dominant or center eye dominant depending on you know the argument there. And I shoot right-handed, and uh, but my left eye tries to take over a lot. I'm left-handed and right-eye dominant, which is kind of weird. Uh, so I shoot right-handed, I right left-handed, and I bat left-handed, and I throw left-handed, but I shoot right-handed. Here's why I'm saying all this. One of the ways to overcome that is to put or smear my left lenses, to put tape over them or smear them with chapstick, which I've done, because my left eye tries to pick up and my left eye battles my right eye. Here's what I'm trying to say. When I do that chapstick stuff all over my glasses, I can't see nothing. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Which is the point. It makes this eye not be able to pick up. And, and, and when I hear that in Paul, that's what I envision. It's like trying to look through glasses that have chapstick all over them. I, I'm, I'm, it's just blurry. 
He said, we, we know in part, but one day we will fully, fully know and understand. It's gonna be in eternity, not, not an eternity, I mean in eternity, for me to be able to understand the full span of time. It's gonna be there. I know, I, I know some things, but I only know in part one day, Paul says, we are fully gonna know. I don't know everything that God is doing. There are some mysteries, and Paul says this over and over in the New Testament. There are some mysteries to God. I'm just gonna give you one of them. You're like, well, what are they? Let me give you one. Suffering is one for me. I, I just can't handle people suffering. It really does bother me. And I've got a big question of God, how, how, do, you, how do you work through all that? There's a mystery in there for me. One day I'll fully know. One day it'll fully be okay. But I have some questions about suffering. Do I have some questions about God? No, because he has made the plans that he wants me and you to know, he has fully revealed to us. That is the plan of salvation. That is the plan of Jesus, his son, the work of the Holy Spirit, the mission of the church. There are a lot of plans of God that we know and he has revealed to us. But then there are things that he doesn't have to reveal to us until we get to eternity, where we will one day fully see a bigger, bigger picture. Does that mean God's not good? It doesn't mean that at all. It means God is good, but he's allowed us to know what is necessary for us to know. And he's put eternity. I got this actually from Dan Grider. I think Dan, who's had a voice in our church and our discipleship culture here, <clears throat> that he has put eternity in our hearts. Why do I want to build a relationship with you? I just want you to know that I love you and I care about you. But I also want you to connect to Christ. And even bigger is you have questions about eternity. And I believe we have answers about your questions in and through the person of Jesus. <clears throat> That's why I want to connect you to him. Why is it important? Why is building relationships a priority? Why is he a God that gives another chance? Why did he build relationships and give more chances even on the cross that he set that example? Why? Because eternity is in our hearts. And secondly, eternity is at stake in every one of us. So we make those conversations that we have that are Jesus-centered. One thing I read is really interesting is we'll often talk about the church, but we, we won't talk about Jesus. And I'm asking you to make your conversations Jesus-centered, not just church-centered, not what the menu of your church is doing, but about the person of Jesus himself. So we are in a reconnect phase. So I'm gonna give you a challenge. If you're listening to me today and you've never connected or surrendered to Christ, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to do that today. He is the answer to all of your eternity questions. He is there. And God has revealed to you your way of salvation is through the person of Jesus. Let's reconnect to Jesus. I'm talking about a rededication. I'm talking about right now while you're listening to me. Have a time where we're in a reconnect phase. Let's reconnect with him and begin today. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to fill you with your Holy Spirit and just to reassure that you are his son and you are his daughter through the adoption of, of God himself as, as sons and daughters to him. And then uh, let's reconnect and connect with each other. 
Let's begin reconnecting with people that mean a lot to us. And then let's connect to other people that we don't know. Why? Because God's placed eternity in their hearts. And the answer to all their eternity questions is through the person of Jesus himself. Lastly, uh, this is the last request that the Lord has given us after the resurrection. It's called the Great Commission. You know it, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. Remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Why did I give you that? Not only on the cross was he building relationships and giving a thief another chance, but his last words to us, his last words to us after the resurrection is to go and make relationships with people, uh, do it with all nations. Uh, why? Because they have questions of eternity and he has the answers to all of their questions. Make it centered around him. And then let's me and you go, let's change the world, okay? Because we can't. He says we can. Just remember, I love you. What do we say to each other? Grace and peace, and make sure you live in both of them. God bless you.